2: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW group. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's Steelers Q&A Sunday afternoon. Well, not for me. It's it's Monday lunchtime for me over here in Australia in the future, you know, live in the future. But I'm joined by my uh, good colleague and good friend um, all the way over in the U.S. in West Virginia,
3: Shannon White. How you going, mate? I'm doing great. So you're in the future. That's right. So yeah. can you give me like winning lottery ticket number something that I can use? Well, I'd like to, but they're meant to be random.
0: Like, you know, it's kind of... Mark and I talk about this a little bit on the Steelers Touchdown Undershow. It's kind of a bit trippy because, like, you know, we're in the future, but then a lot of things happen in the US that set the agenda, not just across sport. And so you wake up to all this news and you feel like you're a day behind. It's actually a very weird thing, right? Like, really weird thing. But, uh, no, unfortunately, like, although... I couldn't place a bet on the Kentucky Derby. It wouldn't let me, but I like that horse. I've read about that horse. But anyway, 80 to one's pretty cool, you know.
3: Are you being serious? You really thought that they were going to win or had a chance?
0: Oh, I had a chance. I've bet on horses before with a <laughs> wider chance than that. But I don't know if I mentioned that we're allowed to talk about betting in this part of our So that's, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, you know, Big Burrisco is like, come on, start the show. But we've got some regulars in here, or at least regulars from – our touchdown under show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, George Tessian, Kathy Forward, Ali, Johnny Bravo, Sherry Richards, and Mike as well. So Jay Devils in there. He's usually the first one in for Steelers touchdown under. So welcome, Jair. Uh, but you know, Steelers R- rookie minicam's happening at the moment, Shannon. And I just gotta kick it off with a bit of a fun question while the live chat gets warmed up for questions. And this is this is your show. Listeners, this is a uh, Steelers mm-hmm. QA. This is where you guys ask us the questions. So, you know, we've got a couple here ready to go, but you know, we want to hear from you guys. This is your show. Without you, there's no show. Um, but, Shannon, we I was talking to Mark yesterday on the I'm trying to get this right. Yeah. Yesterday for you guys because it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was my um, no Friday night because it was my Saturday and it's my Monday. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about numbers and someone live chat was like, I don't care about numbers. Mark and I were like, we well, do kind of care about what numbers people wear because we want to get jerseys. Um, what's your feeling on on numbers? And do you ever buy a rookie jersey or do you wait for them to perform? Do you wait for them to become a legend? How does it work for you with jerseys and numbers?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm real selective. And I'll wait. Wait as long as you used to because, you know, four or five years in, they might be gone. Whereas used to you kind of knew a guy was going to be around for a while. Uh, but I'm just, you know, dating myself there, uh, cause I'm old, but no, I always wait till they've established themselves, usually two years. And you could tell that, you know, they're really, it's somebody you really rooting for. And then I'll look into buying the Jersey Say, so. but, uh, yeah, I, I've never got a rookie Jersey. <laughs> I'm not that confident.
0: <laughs> Big Burr asked a question that we <laughs> we can't repeat. But yeah, it's funny you say that with confidence, right? So like I had a Steelers package that I ordered. And you know, with COVID, you know, you've got to order everything, you know, a little bit a little bit longer. And you know, the easiest way, because for us, you know, it's 50 US shipping to ship from the Steelers Pro shop, right? So I usually I usually shop at Fanatics. So I did this order last year. Um, way early in like October, November. So it would arrive for Christmas. And I thought I'd order this big, big pool of stuff. And then people in my family could just pick what they wanted. I'd get delivered. They could pick what they wanted to give me. And then I'd be surprised on Christmas day and whatever they didn't get, you know, they'd give me the money for the stuff that they wanted. And then I would just have for me, whatever they didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So that package ended up getting lost, but in that package was one of those legend jerseys. they call them the legend jerseys, but they're kind of like a t-shirt jersey. And there's a Claypool mm-hmm. jersey. And I I ordered it a few days before Claypool had the, you know, the big issue against the Vikings. Anyway, eventually I got refunded for it and then it showed up and the website was like, no, you can't like, it's too expensive to ship everything back. So don't worry about it. You can just have it as extra stuff. But now I've got like this Claypool jersey that I don't want to wear (laughs) until he proves himself again. Mm -hmm. I've got a juju like um, stitched, you know, colorage jersey as well. Um, So I'm now debating, do I get Calvin Austin put on the back of it? I don't know. So it's all sort of an interesting sort of environment. Um, Eric asks a fun question. Yeah. I think Eric <laughs> and I do a bit of Twitter together that, uh, Shannon, can you shave your beard so you have the pick and scope, please?
3: The um, other day, when they were showing pictures the, from the first day of rookie camp. And he's standing there doing interviews and he's got like four or five hairs, long hairs right here on his chin. And that's it. Not everybody can grow facial hair. And I, I love this kid. I think he's going to be a star and I'm rooting for him, but I'm like, you know, before you, you at least be a star before you try to pull off him four or five little hairs. He's got doing there that, but I, I've <laughs> had goatees. I've had different stuff, but I'm going to stick with the beard right now.
0: Yeah. It's so, you know, like I'm quite famous on the BTC Slack channel for the mo that I grow during November. Right. And I grow it pretty quick and I grow it grow it pretty thick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, you and I are Yellowstone fans anyway. So I, mm-hmm. you know, my partner, she, or fiance, she, you know, always says to me, oh, I don't know, like a bit of stubble, mostly clean shaven. Well, now since Yellowstone's <laughs> happened, now I'm allowed to grow a beard. Now I'm allowed to grow a mow whenever I <laughs> It's just totally changed everything. <laughs> you know,
3: a lot funny. of us, a lot of us are, you know, our wives will buy a lot of our clothes, obviously, or, or our fiance's girlfriends, whatever. And, um, so now you'll come home and there's, you know, some Wrangler jeans on the bed and some, you know, they're giving us hints is what it is, you know, (laughs) because of Yellowstone, you know, of course I love that show anyway. So uh, I said, if she's trying to dress me like Rip, I'll take it, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got a great question here actually. And I don't think they realize it's a question, but I'm taking it as a question and that's from Blizzard. Game gaming, and they say the greatest pump fake the Steelers ever did was having us think they were dropping Malik <laughs> Willis over Kenny Pickett. I absolutely love that. That is like that was a, a, a double one. jet sweep. That one, that was awesome. I love that. Guy. I love that. That's better than um, being pump fake, right there. hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, you and I haven't spoken since the drive, so I think to kick it off. know it's been a couple of weeks we've all had a chance to calm down you did a lot of the you know live sort of reaction articles that were on btsc about some of the picks is there a pick which pick i'm not going to say who's the favorite pick because i think you know some of there's a lot of commonality for a lot of people but
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
0: who's the pick that you think if you had to put money on it you know we're talking about betting earlier who who would you put money on to surprise Steeler fans the most
3: well, first off, this gambling situation, I think you have a problem. And before you can fix this problem, man, you got to admit this problem, you know, to seek help. And I'm there for you if you need me. We could talk off air. But uh, no, as far as which pick that I'm, I've, of course, I'm really fond of Pickett and I'm rooting for Pickett so much because the Steelers really need him to be that guy, being a first run pick. But the one that's most intriguing for me is. Kelvin school in the third. Because last year the Steelers could not get chunk plays. They had no big yardage plays. It was you know you look back and the 37 yard run by Harris against Cleveland was the longest run of the season. And you know any of the deep passing plays were you know three step drop, chuck it high and hope one of them could come down with it because they didn't have any time with the line. And so I'm hoping that CA three speed. We'll give them whether it's a reverse, a sweep, a check down, you know, getting matched up with the linebacker, check it down to him. And with speed like it, you can pick up big yardage really quick. And if you have a ball control power running game, like I hope that they can have with Harris, those big plays can make a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think think you're right there. I think it's sort of how how are these rookies going to show out? How are they going to, you know, be game changers? I don't know. I'm still interested in DeMarvin Liao. Like, I thought it was interesting in the – there was the press conference with, you know, Mike Tomlin at Rookie Minicamp, and they they said, oh, you know, Liao's talking about putting on weight, you know, Mm because, you know, you guys want that. And I thought it was interesting what Tomlin said was, like, I don't know about, you know, there's always the they that want people to do certain things and they tell draft picks mm-hmm. what to do. And he's like, we actually don't want them to put him on weight, which I found a really interesting comment, right? Now, that's not to say they don't want to play more on the defensive end position versus more of like the, you know, interior defensive tackle and the way they scheme that. I like, I took that as a little bit like, is he going to play as a big outside linebacker? And I know people go, ooh, but like he, you know, he would line up like that in potential 4-3. So I thought it was kind of, there was an interesting comment that Tomlin made there. I thought there was an the interesting part of, you know, draft picks being forced to believe all this hype about what they should and shouldn't do. Um, you know, and then I also thought it was interesting with Liao specifically. I don't want to overread into it. I think people overread into a <laughs> lot of what Mike Tomlin says. Um, but I did note it was quite funny. He was walking past one of the draft picks. I think it was George Pickens. I couldn't quite see the face because it was during the rounds on social media. And whoever it was was basically like, oh, you know, um you know this week's about getting to know everyone and forming strong bonds you know that sort of language and he's just walking past like you know smiling and grinning and all the rest of it so i think he's really happy with what he's seeing so far but uh Mm -hmm. but also the schedules come out in the last sort of you know four or five days whatever it is now (laughs) with all the time zones and differences is there a game on the schedule that you're particularly
3: looking forward to or that you you've circled on your calendar I just once I heard that they were playing the Raiders, and this is the 50th year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That was um, they they're doing they're actually playing the game. I think it's on the 24th, which is the day earlier because the next day is Christmas, and so they'll be playing the game a day before the actual 50 year anniversary. But well, you know how much trouble the Raiders give the Steelers, and they always have. And it's, it's been a great rivalry. And so I'm really interested because at that point of the year, it, you know, it could be a huge game. If the Steelers can survive the beginning of the year with all these new guys, new quarterback and new scheme, if they can, you know, get through that maybe 500 and then turn it on in the second part of the year, that can be a huge game because both teams could be fighting for a playoff spot. So that that would bring back a lot of memories for my youth. Where I remember, you know, Raiders or Stillers was an event. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't, if it was Raiders, Stillers, or Cowboys, Stillers, you tuned in. Everybody did. And and uh, so I would really like to see that be a meaningful game again. Yeah, I
0: think that's pretty cool. And I think, you know, we've got a team that came in and made us look silly last year at Hinesfield Field in that second mm-hmm. game. And, you know, you got to think it's TJ Watts fit. Is that different? You know, you've got. Josh McDaniels, you know, you've got, you know, Derek Carr there. They've gone and got Devontae Adams. they got, you know, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones on defense. <laughs> like, they're tooled up massively, right? Mm-hmm. Like, massively tooled up. Um, and so, I think it's going to be, you know, if they're delivering and they don't have a major inju- injury, that this could be a serious game. And I could have AFC you know, playoff potential, Mm -hmm. you know, um, implications in terms of who who balls out and who wins that game and and where they go for the rest of their season. So it's going to be pretty interesting, particularly for the Steelers, because AFC North is setting up like the AFC West as being one of those divisions that sort of eats each other, you know, where you might only have the person that that tops the division make the playoffs Mm -hmm. because it's just going to be so hard to, you know, get enough wins to make it into the playoffs. So it's pretty interesting um, when we look at that. I guess some of the other things, you know, and as, as I say, this is still a and a show, so anyone in the live chat, feel free to ask us a question. This is what we have this show for you guys there. Um, have your feelings changed since, you know, we you a couple of weeks on from the draft. We were a bit on from free agency. They went and got Kazee, um, you know, how has your feelings changed about the Steelers prospects? You know, Mark and I did a bit of a schedule and way too early schedule and record prediction mm-hmm. on Friday night show. Um, and we had pretty high expectations of the Steelers, but I think it's just sort of, that's a reflection of some of the positivity, you know, do you have a range that you think that record could fall within or, or, or at least have your you know thoughts about their prospects changed at all? It
3: was Mark 13 and four.
0: He was touch hand.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, hey, I, I love positivity. I am an optimist. And I'm, you know, my thing is, I'm concerned, you know, Ben is no longer around and he was clutch. And so many times you get used to having somebody and the, and the Steelers always, okay, we get in the fourth quarter. It's a close game. We can win it. Well, now you're going to have other teams that's going to have clutch quarterbacks and the Steelers don't know. You know, Trubisky, I, I think it's great to have Trubisky and Pickett. And if it's Rudolph, if you have those guys, you don't know if they're going to be clutch or not. Yeah. You don't know until you get there. You know, it's like, uh, to me, all quarterbacks nowadays put up huge numbers. But it doesn't mean they win anything. So, for me, to have a franchise quarterback, the guy gets you there, he gets you in the big game, and then he makes those two or three plays a game in crunch time to win. That is a franchise quarterback. Some teams have them right now. And yeah, the stores just don't know yet. And and that we might have that. I mean the stores can have pickens or Trubisky could be that next guy. But um yeah I'm I'm just my feeling is again I think it's going to be a bounce or two here or there for them to be around you know maybe seven and nine uh or seven to ten excuse me it'd be eight and nine wouldn't it Or, you know, they could be a 9 or 10 win team. And like you said earlier, I think in that AFC North, they're just going to kill each other, just like they're going to in the AFC West. And whoever comes out of these divisions are going to be battle-tested. Oh, yeah. And they might not be the number one conference seed, but they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. And I like Whoever makes it, you know.
0: I like that. I mean, I talked about that. That was my biggest worry. Like when we were nine, 10 wins in the podcast, the receipts are there as they say, Like you can go back and listen to those shows and you can listen to me say to Mark, I'm worried because I don't think this team is battle tested. And you know, we saw the drop off there. Now, a lot of that was due to injuries, but Um, interesting there's a lot of chat in the live chat about and there's a lot of chat in general about the cornerback and the need for another cornerback and I think Mm -hmm. you know it started to die down and then you know in general and then Bradbury got released um, from the Giants I mean I kind of prefer Dory Jackson who's over there I would have preferred just to go get him I've always liked the Dory Jackson when he was with the Tennessee Titans particularly now there's a lot of uh, Jeffrey Benedict did a really good cutting room floor on this. And he talked about why they don't necessarily need it. You know, a number one cornerback. And I know Jeff Hartman talked about it on one of the let's rides where he's happy for a bunch of number twos. I'm, I think there's like, we've sort of, there's that narrative there around having a bunch of number twos that do specific roles properly. And that's great. And, you know, for example, the Steelers have the UDFA and Chris Steele from USC, mm-hmm. you know, and KT Smith was talking about getting him to do a couple of things well. And he's a, he's a player I really liked coming out in the sixth or the seventh round. So to get him UDFA, you know, helpful, you know, there's talking the live chat about bringing back Hayden. I, I worry about the speed there and I don't think he wants mm-hmm. to do the mm-hmm. role that the Steelers would need him to do with that change in speed. But there's a narrative there that's also reflective of the wide receiver room about like how we tried to have a couple of really good number twos or really good one Bs and let the production be spread. But for me, I kind of struggle a little. I'm struggling a little bit with it. I've got to say because if you look at the teams that you know win Super Bowls, they have a number one corner and they have a clear number one corner. And even when we had Ike Taylor, you know, yes, a lot of people the mock on him was that he couldn't grab an interception but he was a number one corner and he was clearly the number one corner. And he mm-hmm. did the job of a number one corner. I worry a little bit. I have to say like, we are relying on a Kello down this, you know, what he showed down the stretch for him to do over a 17 game season. You know, we are relying on Levi Wallace who I really like, but I, I, it's, it's really. I find it really hard for them not to have a clear number one corner that they can stick on a you know wide receiver. I'm thinking like a Julio Jones in his prime and AJ Green in his prime, someone like that. I worry about the pace. Who do we have that's going to be able to keep up with Jamar Chase? You know who's going to be able to you know size up against T Higgins? You know if the, if he's if he's playing out wide, you know there's some of these sorts of guys. I mean, who's going to keep up with a Rashad Bateman? You know over at Baltimore. You know. These are some of the things that I'm thinking about, even an Amari Cooper to a degree. And so I wanted to ask you, because you know, the the live chat's really asking this about a cornerback and whether it's mm-hmm. Bradbury or someone else. This is the biggest question mark on the team right now for me, because it, you know, we're going to rely on our defense. As you said there, we don't know about the clutch in the offense, mm-hmm. but we're going to have to hold teams to low scores. Well, how are you feeling
3: about the cornerback position? I'd said earlier, I think that they're in as good a shape as they were last year because heading into the season, I am a big Joe Hayden fan. Yeah. Forever, but was concerned about his age. And if he loses a step, would he still be able to be that what they consider their number one guy? And he definitely had the injury before the injury. He didn't look the same. And then when he tried to come back, it, it just wasn't there. and So they're leaning on Witherspoon a lot. But, you know, it's not like any, whenever he's been counted on as a starter, not a number one Mm. in the past with like the 49ers, when he was counted on as being a starter, he would have a good stretch and then he'd have an awful stretch. I mean, everybody has a bad game. But when you put two, three bad games back to back, you know, like a huge slump, let's say, that's been his MO. Yeah, he would look great, have great standout games against top competition and then just struggle. And there really isn't a rhyme or reason why. So therefore that made me concerned about trying to count on him as a starter. Whereas Levi Wallace is steady. He's not spectacular, but he's steady. He tackles, he's physical. He can play a little bit of bump and run. That's not his forte, but he's very instinctual. So he's good in zone. And the way the Steelers defense is, they play so much of a mix, but mainly that zone. They, it's going to be hard to get a true number one corner, a guy that's, what I call number one is you can put him on the best re- opposing receiver and follow him around the field like Ike yeah. used to do. Ike, you know Chad Johnson still has nightmares about Ike Taylor covering him because Chad would eat up everybody, but Ike shut him down. Yeah, and the Steelers don't have that guy but I do think they got three pretty strong number two guys. And then hopefully another one of these younger guys can step up. So I'm not as concerned about it as maybe you are, because I'd love to have a CB one. And we had talked about it. um, Oh crap. Gilmore when he was Mm. available And, and there was a couple other guys, it'd be great to have them, but the cost and what you'd have to give up to get them the way the Steelers are going to use them. I just don't know if it, if it if it's good to have that much money in the position when the stewards don't use their number one corner like a lot of teams do.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point. I think that the questions for me are, though, we've got Terrell Austin as our you know defensive mm-hmm. coordinator now. Like, for me, and I'm going to – it's going to be very hard to convince me otherwise because I've been like this now for two drafts, and I only changed a little bit when – you know, Ben decided he, you know, was decided that he was retiring. But I've wanted a cornerback drafted in round one for two years now. Next mm-hmm. year, that's top on my need. Everyone's going to sit there and say tackle, and, and definitely. And it seems like it's way too early. But if they don't get a corner in the first two rounds or trade up early in the second next year, we're going to have a problem. Like we need, we need a number one corner. And you know, I look at it. I love Levi Wallace, but I also think imagine a team where Levi Wallace is your clear number two. I mean, that shows a really solid cornerback mm-hmm. room. I also worry because you look at the teams that did well in the playoffs and that made it through the AFC last year. They threw the football. I mean, that Bills game, that Chiefs game, what would have made the difference there if they'd had like a really standout corner, you know, cornerback and good secondary play? You look at how the Rams beat, you know, the Bengals down the stretch. And everyone keeps talking about the the D-line and stopping the run. That's great. But if, you know, you're coming up against a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, they're going to throw that ball and you, they're going to throw it deep and you've got to be able to stop that. So I'm not, I know that we've got safeties that can cover that and all the rest of it. I just, it's, it. this is what I need to see from them in preseason. I need to see that they're showing up there. I need to see that they've improved. And I think it's going to have the biggest bearing on how we go the first six weeks of the season.
3: I, I want to answer you a question too. It's kind of a two-parter. If the Steelers could have had a top 10 pick, to me, Sauce Gardner was the only guy that I considered to be a lockdown corner, that I had faith in being a lockdown corner. I wasn't as old on Stingley as a lot of people, and I thought Booth was late first round at the earliest. So because of that, I thought Sauce would have been the only guy. So again, a lot of years, there's only one guy, let's say in that top 15, 20 picks that you could say, well, this guy is more than likely going to be a CB one. So that's why it's hard to predict. You know, you said some people might say tackle for next year, but that remains to be seen until we see how the guys do this year, Correct. but cornerback one, you know, sauce was the only guy then you know, not every guy who's going to be a good fit with the way the Steelers are run their defense. So if you could have picked anybody at 20, was there a cornerback there that you wanted or was there a cornerback in free agency that you thought was a good fit with the Steelers to be yeah, that's a cornerback one?
0: That's a good question. Um I really liked Dante Jackson out of Carolina and I Mm -hmm. thought he was when Gilmore came in, he was the odd man out and I found it interesting that Gilmore left and they ended up re-signing Dante Jackson. I Mm -hmm. thought that was quite interesting. So I liked him in free agency. I stick by that. I think, you know, as a cornerback one, as cornerback one. Yeah. Okay, now okay. that's not to say every play he's going to be, going to be the cornerback run one, but I, I thought what he brought to the Steelers in terms of pace, what he brings in man. Like I know the Steelers play a lot of zone, but there are mm-hmm. times like what we're talking about is number one is really man. If you like, if you go back to like basketball, man on man defense, mm-hmm. that's run mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Right. And, you know, the first thing is if someone's going to blow past you with speed, well, then you're going to have a problem. Like speed kills in this league, and it's the one thing you can't teach. You're either fast or you're not. You can teach someone to improve their stride length. You can ch- change acceleration, explosivity, mm-hmm. but you can't change raw speed. You either have it or you don't. As someone that did a lot mm-hmm. of track, I know that. Like I'd love to have been a 400 runner, but yeah. I'm not. Like I was an 800-meter mm-hmm. runner. Like that is what it is. Mm-hmm. But so that from that perspective, but when I looked at 20 – it's hard because I didn't have McDuffie rated that highly. And I know that the Chiefs went out and got him. I mean, I really liked McCreary, but I saw that he was he was definitely going to be more of a second round mm-hmm. pick. I, I liked him if, too, yeah. You know, yeah. And then I think you've got like you had Gordon there out of Washington. I mean, he's someone that, you know, he could prove that he was first round quality later on. He might not, he might prove that he was more worthy of a third or a fourth round pick. It's that's mm-hmm. pretty hard. I agree with you, Source Gardner. I didn't like Derek Stingley. I don't like I'm someone that's a bit more, I guess, Kevin Colbert style, where I prefer someone to have proven production over multiple years. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. you can have one year and rely on that. I get his tape was great. But then I've gone back and looked at it and Pickens made him look like an absolute fool. Like in that like mm-hmm. there were, you know, quick quick feet moves, like got, like the vets are gonna be able to do on him easily. Um so yeah, I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit I don't know whether that's the the best pick. I like Andrew Bruce, though. I agree with you at 20, probably a bit high. I'm not saying the Steelers made the wrong pick there because (laughs) I don't think outside of Source Gardner there was, as you say, at 20. But if we, Ben hadn't retired, I mean, you know, looking at the guys that are on the board, trading back a few spots and then grabbing one of these guys and having an additional pick. Yeah, I probably would have done that every day of the week, but everyone knows I like trading back, so that's yeah,
3: yeah, to I thought so too, too. But <laughs> yeah,
0: so that that's sort of the that's the way I kind of see it there. But you know, that's um that's a great that's a great double question. Um, we had a good question in the live chat about Buddy Johnson. I think from Michael O'Malley. Um, here is a question: Does Buddy Johnson come out and be come out and light up camp and become the thumper we need it inside linebacker?
3: It, I hope so. <laughs> I think the Steelers are hoping so, because I wrote an article recently about what I thought was the biggest hole, the glaring hole on defense after the draft, and I said Buck, linebacker, not because I don't know Johnson, but we just don't know. He he just didn't get enough run, enough play to show what he's capable of. Um, you know that being said, I gotta say Mark Robinson. I don't know if it, I mean, when you look at this guy, yeah, he is absolutely ripped. He is jacked up. 34 reps at 225. Most NFL offensive linemen can't do 34 reps at 225. He is absolutely a beast. And when you watch him, he's one year playing in the SEC and almost one year at inside linebacker. He plays Buck Linebacker, even though he's 5'11, he's like 235, solid muscle. He plays downhill. He flows to the ball. He attacks the blocker, just like he would have. He was a running back to take away some of that block, so he can go to one side or the other, fill that hole and make that tackle. I like the guys that play downhill that attack the action, yeah. do not absorb the action. You can, a safety can absorb. Inside um, linebacker has to attack the action. Now you've got to do it under control and do it smartly, but. Last year, Bush was just standing back here, running, you know, yeah. laterally and getting caught up in the wash. It was, but not attack that line of scrimmage. So I understand why they picked him in the seventh round is cause of potential. But I love how he, he attacks that line of scrimmage people, in my opinion, and maybe knock a guy like Marcus Allen or Spillane off the roster to acquire his spot because you know he's going to be a special teams demon and he is the only guy and hopefully buddy johnson will do the same thing that attacks that line of scrimmage and that's how a store middle linebacker plays
0: oh my gosh if we can find a way to cut marcus allen i'll be thrilled (laughs) i just i cannot understand this i know i should like be hopeful for every nfl player to have a great career but that is a guy that (laughs) like milked money off the the steelers like it's worse than dan mccullers like it's just no um, Like Dan McCullers could stand in front of someone and like they'd fall over like he's that big, but uh, yeah. don't even start me on Marcus Allen. We'll be here for another hour, another hour and a half. Um, Brian Brown brought, brings up James Pierre. Now I don't, we talked a lot about cornerback. And there are a couple more questions. That's I my wanna... guy. That's my guy. That is your guy, but it's one of the, it's, so Shannon and I agree on a lot of things, a lot of things, the vast majority of things. James Pierre is someone we have a very opposing views on. So I just want to ask you a very quick fire. Do you think he gets another shot this year, a two-parter for you? And do you, do you think he can, you know, find a way to be, you know, a top three corner for the Steelers, or is he gone?
3: If you remember Terrell Austin talking last year, after about the first three or four games, that he was really, you know, showing up and showing out and thought that he could really give them quality minutes and, and he had a lot of potential for the future. And then he got burnt deep against the Bengals the first game against Chase. And he got burnt two or three more times because that is his weakness. He doesn't have top end speed. Mm. And in in college, and he hasn't done it yet, he is a very physical attack in the running game, taking the line of scrimmage. You know, when he he's trying not to get a penalty. But if you don't have that top end speed, you got to be a little physical. Yeah. So when he would try to be physical, he would miss. If you watch the four big pass plays he gave up, he missed his jam. And then they left him behind. And uh of course the one T Higgins just jumped over him and, and he lost the ball. But he got after that game, he got in a major doghouse and never got let loose again. Mm-hmm. You know who let the dogs out? Nobody let Pierre out again. He was stuck in that doghouse. So I would like to see him, you know show, a uh, uh, what he can do, uh, regain his confidence that he lost there and, and be at least somebody that you can bring in. Uh, but now he's got some competition, you know, guys, you've mentioned that they brought in, they just signed a kid out of the rookie camp. So there's going to be a lot of competition for him and Lane this year.
0: Yeah I, th- yeah, I think Lane's another, uh, I mean, Lust and Jane is like another, a whole another. Um, Did you call him Lust or Jane? Oh, Lust and Jane. That's what uh, Jeff calls him after, <laughs> is like the Twitter argument.
3: I ain't heard that one. Oh,
0: you haven't heard that one? Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to finish up with, um, stick to our pretty tight half an hour sort of mark, is... Um, Matteo Durant, this running back, you know, that's getting a lot of attention as well. I've got to look at his tape. He's someone we'll be looking at on the Steelers' war room in, you know, five or six weeks' time based on the schedule that I've got going there. But, uh, you know, have you you got any thoughts on him? Because even like a quick highlight tape, this guy can move too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. What? uh, what To him here, bits and pieces. And you look at him, he's got the high he's got the speed, at least in the 40. He didn't always play that fast at Duke, unless he got in an open field. Now, when yeah. he got out in the open field, then you seen it, but he was, he kind of built up speed slowly. I didn't mm. see that explosion through the hole, which you're going to have to have at the next level. But I think a lot of it with him was just going to be, what's he willing to do to make the team? You know, what can he offer on special teams? and, Again, I want the stores to have a, but Harris ain't getting 381 touches this year. But two things is will Tomlin and them use a backup too, if they have one. And because Durant to me, if he's willing, he went down a little easy in college, in my opinion. He wasn't a real physical runner. Something he's going to have to be at the next level. If he would, is willing to put that head down and can stand the beating and the punishment. You know, he could surprise them because that number two position is wide open. Yeah. And uh, I had said Tariq Cohen in an article this past mm. week. Uh, Great they, article. You know, bring him in, kick the tires on him and see if he could be. And maybe they would be more apt to use him in Canada's offense with him being like a polar opposite of Harris. Yeah. But. They really need to find that number two guy.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean one thing I did see, I bought um Pro Football Network's draft guide. Um, and they, they did a scouting report on him. He wasn't in their top-ranked players, but he was sort of in that outsider cohort. They did talk about, you know, him being a solid receiver out of the backfield, um, you know, and his ability to cut back. But as you said, it's that explosiveness through the gaps that's going to be interesting to see whether you can bring that. But yeah, they do need that number two, and it's like you and I have talked about before on different shows. You know it's just so open because we don't know what we have in it, you know, Anthony McFarlane Jr., you know, because he just trips mm. over his own feet. <laughs> you know, like, I hope he sort of fixed that up. Like, I just it, it's kind of crazy. Um, he's
3: got to be hearing footsteps. Oh, he, he's got to be looking over his shoulder, like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> there's some guys gonna take maybe take my job <laughs> 100%. 100%.
0: Yeah, um, but someone to wrap up the show, you know. Javier Mori says, you know, it's so weird that Big Ben's gone. Mm. You know, we are going into this is the first time we've gone into an offseason in years, you know, and you look at no Big Ben. You know, do you think, do you think, that's my final question I want to ask you is someone that's watched the Steelers, you know, since day dot, you know, in, in your lifetime, is this does this Steelers team have enough people within those rooms? Like your Cam Haywood's your Minkers, those sorts of guys, you TJ Watts to carry that culture. Or do you think that there's, you know, a bit of work to do in that, in that respect within this team?
3: There's been a lot of people talking about the Steelers culture is dead. It's not what it once was. And, but if you listen to guys who have been with the Steelers have left to go elsewhere, um, who are coming in now and are learning just now learning, you know, second, third year in learning about that culture, the environment, uh, the way the Roonies run things. It's a business. Yes. But they are more family oriented than organizations. And Ben knew that. That's why they never had any problems negotiating with Ben because they respected him. He respected the Steelers' culture and valued. That's why he played 18 years with one franchise. That just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So I think that Cam Hayward, he he understands it. He buys in. T.J. Watt, all these guys. You know, T.J. even, <laughs> that could have got really ugly, those negotiations. Oh, yeah. But, but they handled that about as well as you can in the modern NFL they've showed a, a tremendous amount of respect the way they handled the Shazier situation yeah and guys you know guys know that and they recognize that free agents you know prospects uh Mike Tomlin you know the family the he's like a father figure to a lot of these guys yeah and you know they they people do want to come and play in Pittsburgh so I think the culture is fine and I think that they have the ability to if things come together this year to surprise us all, um it, well, maybe not Mark because Mark says 13 and four, but uh, <laughs> surprise me. Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this year. I'm going to miss being like crazy. Everybody knows he's my favorite player, but yeah. it's exciting. The the unknown. this is the first time in almost two decades. Yeah. And, and so there's excitement there. And if you look at it that way and be optimistic, I think we can have a great season and have a lot of fun. And, you know, that's what it's all about. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it.
0: 100%. 100%. That's I, I don't think there's a, a better way in the show, to be honest. You said it right there. You know, but Sean Manahan, throws Chiddles and in the tip, Jones. says Tomlin's the father to several sets of bros. Agree. You know, we are so lucky to have Tomlin, uh, you know, and anyone that thinks otherwise, well, you know, as Mark likes to say, he can go kick rocks. Um, (laughs) But with that, I think we're going to close out this week's Steelers Q&A. Shannon, you can shut the show out like you always do your shows.
3: Oh, okay. You want a little bit of that,
0: huh? Uh, Yeah, I always like that. Now,
3: I know we went over a little bit. I take full responsibility. I get talking about Steelers. We have a good time. Enjoy all the comments and appreciate all the the people, you know, asking questions and making comments. So that's on me. But uh, to, to close out, we'll do a little Ric Flair here for you.
1: <laughs>